It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Find Nature's Own Super B Complex 75 tablets for just $20.99 at Chemist Warehouse. Baz and Izzy might be at the beach, but the show must go on. It's the summer breakfast on SENZ. SENZ, three minutes past six o'clock on the 20th of January, the new year, the 2022 year. How are you doing, New Zealand? Good to have your company this morning. Louis Herman Watt, joined in the studio today by, oh, a ripper. He's a good man. And we got him back for another one. Off the back fence, Stony Kemp. Looking forward to spending the morning with Kempy here till nine o'clock before the doyen Ian Smith takes over. And we really kick through the day here on SCNZ. I tell you what, we've got a stonking show for you this morning. There's not a lot of room for anything other than good sport and good people. Nico Porteous, he's preparing for the X Games in the Winter Olympics. He's going to join us just after seven. Graham Richardson, yeah, Richie. Yeah, we love Richie here at SCNZ. And he's got a good, strong hand to play on Caracamillion night outside the Caracamillion races. We'll talk to him. Bleary, Adam Blair, under 50 days from the NRL season kicking off. What are his observations of the off-season and what's he looking forward to? Deb Fuller, the Ferns' assistant coach, back home here in New Zealand because the Silver Ferns are, well, they're probably, well, they are. They're playing off a third and fourth in the quad series up in the UK, which is not necessarily where they would have hoped to be. So we'll find out a bit about that. Plenty of you on double eight double three and 0800 150 811. But welcoming into Starship Enterprises here in our new studios. Oh, how, and how nice is it, mate, walking into the old Saatchi and Saatchi building with the timber floors and the brick, the brickwork and scenes just everywhere. And they, I'm, not, I'm not happy with um, Baz and Izzy looking at me that way up there in the back there on the screen. <laughs> you mate, could have at least put mine in your picture up there, Louie. Mate, they're watching. They're just, they're just sitting they're there. Listening, they're, they're listening. They're listening. They're loving the rates, ratings going up. They're loving it. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, they are. That's right. And they'll come back and they'll uh, they'll dig in as well. It's good stuff, Kempi. How you been for another week, brother? Yeah, really good. Went down to uh, Trentham on the weekend, and our our horse Cinerama was meant to run, but it, um, pulled up a little bit lame last week with a well, I guess it's like a pulled hemi in, in layman's terms. So Alan decided to give her give her a bit of a break, but geez, he's on fire, Alan. You know, he should have got Tav attack in the in the second, just missed it by by a lip and. Enrolled Seamus over your your horse Potanui Bay and and um, oh, yeah. I had to jump on Waisaki because those two were going so well and it came down the outside and got him at, got him at ten bucks so it was a really really good day down there catching up with the boys and especially a good day for Alan Sherrick and his 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 team. I tell you what, if you're Opie Boston right about now, you're thinking. Gee. Well, you guess who was on the phone straight away? You guess who was on the phone straight away when he won? On for Waisaki's ride. Let me see if I still got the ride, Alan, because it was a good ride by Grills. He won it. Yeah, but the middle of the middle of the track was supercharged. It was juiced, but he still he timed it perfectly. He didn't panic, and he got him to the right part of the track. And I mean, Waisaki, you know, he, actually, this is a story about Zed. And we see very elegant this freakish race mare thrown by this the stallion, which was standing and sorry serving Clydesdale mares and farm farm hacks. And, well, now, but, and then there's this, and then you got horses like very elegant, and to a lesser extent, Waisaki, with this rapid turn of foot. These staying types that can actually turn it on and can actually move. They're not these big grinding, grinding staying horses. And and looks like the further they go, the better they get. That's that's, that's a thing about them. So um, obviously shortened right up after that win for the Wellington Cup. I think he's got a probably another another victory coming up, Alan, and that he's he certainly 59 knows. Fifty nine kgs, though, mate. Yeah, it's a big weight for a cup. Yeah, well, the, the field it, isn't strong. That's a, that, that's the that's the thing, you know. So, and I think I think the best is still in front of him. I think you know, given given that the the race probably goes its way, I think the weight he can carry the weight over that distance. Mm. Yeah, I'd be interested to see where he uh, where he ends up. Uh, look, why why I said Opie's got to be careful here is because. He better throw one of these Tiakal Karaka million chances over the line, or he might be in danger of losing his chant back to the original. There's only one Alan Sharrick. While Al- <laughs> 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 hey, you know, Premier Days too, like he, he wasn't happy when Tavatak lost. It should have won. You know, sort of Hazel didn't get it in the position that he wanted it to be in, and, and flew should've, home. Should have won. Should have won. won. So, you know, those Premier Days for Alan when he's when he's up against you know the big boys and. Can show his wares from Taranaki. Um, like I, I really liked watching Alan at work on on Saturday down in Trentham. Did you get head into the stabling area? And oh man, I walked the horses in. Yeah, I look, look, you, you you're doing work from when you're down there. Like, I went and got them, put them on the truck in the morning with them. Um, took the covers off. Went to the went to the races with them. Beat the truck there. Put them in the stables. Give them some water. Um, you're a chance for strapper of the year. Well, but no, no, it's just yeah, you know, he's a very good delegate, Alan. <laughs> so you know, if you're down there and you, he's got things to do, he's you know get that out of the truck and put that over there and meet you in here and take that there. So no, it was a good, it's a good day and they, they're just good buggers. You know, everyone that's involved with the racing industry, the trainers, right through to the owners. Um, you know, Stanley boys. I'm really I was over the moon for the Stanley boys when Seamus won. You know, couldn't see Seamus beating Paranui Bay. I'll be perfectly honest. Well, I don't think anyone could. It was still it was seven seven bucks in the second line, drifting. And yeah, and but the way Seamus won, you know, it's a good horse. Good horse. To be fair, again, right part of the track, right tempo, but good horse. And I think Seamus will get further. 
I think Seamus Seamus looks like he he's a proper derby horse. And I said that to him, like, that's where he's going. I guarantee you. And I said that to Alan. I said, man, he was getting better. He was like he got he gets further. No worries at all. Um, so yeah, looks you know they've had a you know, Wahid, They had the the Stanley boys. They've had some good ones, and and they're just really good people. So I had a good chat to Noel um, after the races. He was over the moon. You know, picked up a, picked up a bit themselves on it. And and but the main thing was that they. They knew he was a good horse, and it got a it got a really good, um, I guess, win against the horse that everyone was thinking was probably one of the best in New Zealand. So, so now when people, because people say it all the time, what does Kimby do? What does, what does Kimby do? You just tell them you're a professional a gambler, bat, Batman. I just wait for the call. You're, you pro- you're a professional gambler. You though. See the blood moon over Lungi Tortu last last night. I, it's it's I, sort of similar similar to that. That comes out and then you know, decide what I'm doing to, to support the country. TK t- t- <laughs> to support the country. Just for any industry, any time. Any industry, any time, any place, just put up the bat, <laughs> just put up the bat torch. <laughs> well, the um, look, it might be, can you get to can you get to Redcliffe's? <laughs> yeah. Well, might be, might be might be there by round 10. Yeah. Can you get to, does it work internationally? Um, We'll talk to Adam Blair a, a bit later on. When you, whenever you come in, can you say, let's talk some league? Couldn't agree more. Let's talk some league. We're only 49 days away from the start of the NRL season, which will come around fast. And it's probably that there's different narratives that will be coming up. What we Last week, we spent a lot of time talking about what COVID's going to do to the competition. Mm. Today, I reckon we should focus on the actual competition. Let's just assume that we can get this thing off the ground and it can go ahead It'll be affected, but not, you know, let's assume that we can play it. And I want to talk, I want to get you, you and Adam to talk about some of the threats this year. Not necessarily about the Warriors, but about the threats across the competition. Will it be the same old story, the big the big boys flexing their muscles? or Is there a chance we can see one of those top six or top eight contenders take a leap and really challenge, you know, the, the Newcastles? The, remember we spoke to Joey and... Can, can there be a guy like Caelan Ponga that can really stick a team on their back and, and put them right up into that top two, three? Uh, that's what I want to hear today. Yeah, look, I, the, there are some players that are coming into their prime, you know. It's a, you know like, like the racehorses, you know, two, three-year-olds, they get to six or seven. They're, they're, they're decent horses by that age, you know. They're, they're fully rounded out and and hitting their straps. And footballers are the same, and there's some decent footballers coming in. Caelan Ponga is one of them, you know, the way that Joey spoke about him on the radio. Um, with us and, and working with him and, and can't wait to get to see him get out there on the football field. The the, the, the big question for me with a Zormacron is how many play like generally you go through you you know as a as a coach you work out and mitigate your 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 risk of losing players and and it could be um, ten players it could be thirty players you know that you you're losing at some stage maybe you lose one player three times a year or whatever but. It, <clears throat> I think this year, with the competition, the competition still has the top four teams that are, uh, are always you know the ones to beat the Melbournes, the Sydney Cities, the Penriths, etc. But underneath them, they've got uh, they've got a, a, a strong set of teams that, if this Omicron takes a chunk of players, <laughs> then this is the silliness of the of the Omicron situation out of some of those top teams and not the bottom teams. Then we're going to see some scraps on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And given the fact that you need a bit of luck, because you do need a lot of luck um, going your way, and and when the thing hits and 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 so on, we're, we're watching Aussie 
Um, you know, like we saw just before Christmas, a couple of clubs shut down because they had, had COVID scares through their camps and players been infected. When it hits and so on, I, I don't know whether they're doing analysis on you know on all this the teams, and also like you like we spoke about last week, like how does our depth look? You how know? deep do we go? Because the one thing you haven't got, and and the the good the good analysis will tell you there is no good halves and hookers that that stretch down through the New South Wales Cup and Queensland Cup. You know what I mean? So you'd want to be pitching for those players right now. Or you would have already wanted to have secured them to come straight back into your team, you know. But you've, then you've got all that that criteria about registering players and you know, holding players, and your your twenty five plus your 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 contracted players and and so on. But I think there needs to be. Oh, the, oh, I don't I don't know this because I haven't spoken to anyone about it. But there needs to be a policy around what happens when it hits and how many players can we bring in from outside the competition to make sure that the competition still succeeds. But what that happens to the, you know, if you get that mix in the top four and they were affected by it more than the team, the, the bottom teams below them, man, then we've got a then we've got a fight on this year. Yeah, a hundred percent. Do you think there's much scope to like the how efficient are the scouting processes in the NRL? Like I know that there'll be scouts beavering away, and there'll be kind of teams will be better at it than other teams. And we've already spoken about the Melbourne Storm since you've been here. How how many inefficiencies are there, and do you think that these players that are kind of under that, not even under the first layer, if you peel the the next layer of depth back, but under the next one, do you think that there are just pl- there are plenty of good NRL players out there that are just way off the radar? Or well, not, but potential in our output. Potential, potential. That's right, hundred percent. You know, you're talking about um, scouting. Like I, I think scouting's a dime a dozen. You know what I mean? You can anyone, anyone who knows um, footballers. Like you go to my place, for instance, in Taranaki, and you, and you look at looking for a rugby league player. You're talking to people like the Howie Tarmides and the Terry Tarmides. You know what I mean? The Tarmides, um, or you're talking to the Lukes down in down the South Taranaki. The the people that know that these footballers can play. Um, so it's not that hard scaling the players. It's like getting the development part of it right, such as what Melbourne does, you know, and they've been doing it year in, year out, just taking average players, putting them into a, an environment and turning them into pure champions. Mm. Um, I, I can't see a lot of clubs doing that in a, in a, in a season where you're going to bring them in and, and expect them to be picked, put, in a, put in a culture that isn't firing like a Melbourne so what you what you really need to do is you need to have a, a team around you that can select players that are working with them um, and preparing them to to come in at a certain stage because that's a challenge too, mate. You know, if, like if you've got let's say you have a you 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 have a little bit of a scare in there, you lose six players overnight. Like you you're in big trouble. Like your team's in big trouble. You know, so you're bringing six six players in. You want to hope that they're being developed and ready to play. I think we're going to uh, – look, I think for a lot of um, – and, you know, it's worth pointing out, this is happening with the NBL and the A-League right now, but I think this is going to hit home for a lot of people when we see it with the NRL, with Super Rugby in New Zealand. Leon McDonald actually spoke about it at his Blues press conference the other day. They're readying themselves for when Omicron – when it hits our shores and we see we won't see scenes like Australia because our our restrictions will be tighter than that. There's no no doubt about that. But you know, they're reading reading them themselves. I think it's almost and that's I don't want to say out of sight, out of mind, because a lot of people watch the A League, a lot of people watch the NBL. But maybe you're less acquainted with the players. So you don't necessarily know exactly how 
if that person's unnecessarily a first stringer or a second stringer. But when we start seeing NRL teams turn out and you only recognise five or six names on the team sheet, I think it's going to be a slap in the face for a lot of people and go, has this happened overnight? No, no, they'll be preparing for it right now. And the, the AFL especially, I know, because they need big lists. They have a lot of player on the lot of players on their list, and, and the uh, VFL, the one underneath it, will be getting a serious workout. And, and I'm t- I guarantee you, there'll be a story coming out saying there's a team that wasn't prepared. And you would hate to be the owner of a club where your team wasn't preparing for this to happen because it is being portrayed as you know it's got, it's going to sweep through, and we're seeing it at the moment in Australia. You know, so where's the competition played? It ain't being played in America. You know what I mean? It's been played in the middle of this sweeping um, pandemic that's going through the states in Australia at the moment. So it doesn't take a rocket rocket scientist to say, you know, maybe it might get into to the league somehow and there's going to be some players that get pushed out. So you want to have a plan and contingency plan in place. And, I, and for me, I really hope that the Warriors have got that because on paper, they've actually got a really solid nucleus of, of players that, are hitting their prime. I've still got a question mark around the hooker, but what's underneath that? What's underneath it? You know what I mean? They I don't. Do. They don't want to be that team that that loses a number of players. Yeah, love it, Kempi. I want you to mull before we get on Adam Blair after eight o'clock. I want you to mull over a Smokey for this year, and I want you to mull over a team that's ready to really to really pounce and ready to go bang. Maybe a player too. The Ferns are warming up for their game against South Africa. This will be the third and fourth playoff, I would suspect. In the, I guess I don't know if that's exactly what they're calling it uh, up there in the quad series. Deb Fuller at eight forty this morning to dissect that. Plenty going on this morning here at SCNZ. After this, we're going to take in all the action from Melbourne Park last night. Brett Phillips and the SCN tennis crew all over it. Naomi Osaka in action, as well as Rafael Nadal yesterday. Gee, he's doing it easy. I love the Australian Open. I'm going to take in the highlights of the Australian Open Day 3, I think, after this. SENZ, here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day.